ones. Do not be afraid of those big things that are coming your way. Do not be afraid of the Goliaths of the world. Did I not use a little one called David to defeat him? Do not be afraid of those things that look impossible. For you are small, but I am big. You are weak, but I am mighty. And have I not spoken, not only to one apostle, but to everyone? My grace, my grace is sufficient for thee. So do not be afraid. Do not be intimidated. Do not fear. For I am a God who will deliver for you. I am a God who will help you. I am a God that will cause the impossible to be possible for you. Keep your eyes on me. And walking on the water will become normal for you, says the Lord. Today, as we are celebrating the fourth Sunday of Advent, we have our theme, Pure Submission. And when we talk about submitting to God, it is submitting in faith, submitting in trust, submitting, knowing that the one to whom we submit to is worth our sacrifice, worth our loyalty, and worth our commitment. Amen? And so praise be to God, we have heard the different readings for today. There's so many things we can talk about. Actually, Christmas, there's a lot of things we can talk about. Uh, some people say, well, what's so magical about Christmas? Well, look at the story. You've got angels involved. You've got angels delivering messages. How many of you have ever seen an angel? Just a few. Okay? Just a few. Some of you might have seen angels, you just don't recognize them. Because according to the Holy Scriptures, some of you might have entertained angels unawares. Maybe in the form of a beggar. Or maybe in the form of someone who's asking for help. You understand what I'm saying? You just don't recognize them. You've got an old woman who suddenly becomes pregnant. And a virgin who also becomes pregnant. Not with an ordinary baby, but with the Son of God. So yeah, I understand what people are saying, why it's magical, why, but I don't call it magic. This is the atmosphere of heaven being brought to the earth. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, basically, we know that when Jesus Christ entered into our world, he brought the presence of God, he brought the atmosphere of God, he brought the favor of God to us. And basically, our, our, my message for today, I believe this is what the Spirit of God uh, has given to me, is this. Receive the favor Christ's birth brought to us. Receive the favor Christ's birth brought to us. Okay? Receive the favor Christ's birth brought, uh, brought to us. Now, when we talk about favor, normally, we talk about the things that are good that happens to us, right? When we say we have received the favor of God, that means we have received something good from God. Normally, when, faith, when we talk about favor, we're talking about God giving us something. We don't deserve it. We didn't work for it. We did not earn it. But just because of His goodness and His mercy, He gave it to us. When we talk about favor, it's like God 
a range of stuff that we receive preferential treatment. Okay? He arranges circumstances that normally what is normal is suspended and something extraordinary happens to us. Okay? It's like when we were working on some of these things that my dad was involved with and when he died, uh, there were so many debts that needed to be paid and, and you know, he, he got involved in, in those money investment things and the profits got stuck. And my sisters and I, we were praying about this. And uh, there was even a time they were receiving death threats. Okay? And what some of these guys were asking is, if you do this, then we'll make this possible for you. Basically, they were asking for a bribe, a big bribe. But my sisters, they said, no, we don't want to add to the corruption that's going on. We're going to stand, if, if this doesn't happen, that's fine. We're not going to do, we're not going to disgrace God. But it looks like it's going to be tied up for, for years and years and years. But then all of a sudden, this year, something happened. Okay? Suddenly, you know, to our surprise, these were released. And we didn't know what happened. How did this happen? We didn't know. I, all I could tell them, that's the favor of God. You understand what I'm saying? That enabled what, uh, our uh, dream trip, something that we just talked about. We never really thought it would take place, but it did. Everything had to come together to a point. Schedules had to come together in one place. Uh, the the uh, application of leads had, you know, had to come place. You know, had, had come together. I mean, if someone and also the visas that we were applying for, they need to be approved at this time because we had agreed if someone does not get a visa, we don't go. We'll do it again next year. We'll try to do it again next year. But the problem is there's no guarantee that the schedules, uh, the leads, and the things like that will take place. You understand what I'm saying? Things got together. We've got someone who works in a company who was blacklisted, who normally gets a denial. We've got someone who tampered with uh, the visa application and because of that gets denied. And normally the chances of reapplying, if you do something like that, you don't get a very good chance. But we said, we're, we're believing for God's favor. He released the funds. He released the schedules. Well, it's the only thing that has come, you know, it's got to take its place. And we got the approvals. You understand what I'm saying? Normally it doesn't happen that way. But it did. That's the favor of God. Amen? And we talk about the favor of God, we talk about what happened to us. When we talk about the favor of God, we think about what we have received from Christ. When we talk about the favor of God, we talk about us being the receivers. Do you understand what I'm saying?
But there's the other side of favor we would like to talk about. What does it mean to walk in the favor of God? Is it just walking in the blessings of God? Is it just walking in the benefits of God? Let me ask you today. How are you today? See, see that statement? You are blessed that you might become a blessing. That's the other side of favor. Not just walking in the blessings of God, but being a blessing to others also. Not just a recipient of the blessings of God, but being an agent of His blessing. Being used of God to bring blessings to others. Okay? So, uh, let's go to our gospel today. It's uh, the gospel of Luke, chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. But let me just divide it into two parts. The first part, I'm um, talking about verse 26 to 33. Simple. Rejoice in God's favor. Rejoice in God's favor. We'll come back to that. And from verse 34 to 38, trust in God's help. Trust in God's help. Okay, let, let me read verse 26 to 29 first. It says here, now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. Okay? The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at the same and considered what manner of greeting this was. Now take note, it's a simple town. It's really a small town, okay? And there was a young virgin named Mary. She was scheduled to get married to Joseph. You know, live a normal family life. And one night she was probably praying. When all of a sudden an angel came. The angel Gabriel, the messenger of God. And he says to Mary, Rejoice, highly favored one. You are blessed among women. Okay? Why was she favored? Because God had chosen her to become the vessel through whom Jesus Christ would be born. She would bear in her womb the Son of God who would become the Son of Man. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now what does this mean for Mary? When Mary, later on, when Jesus Christ was born and, and she, she came to the temple and she offered uh, the required sacrifice for someone who is eight days old, there was a prophetess there, and she prophesied to her, This, your son is born for the fall and the rise of many, and a dagger will rip your heart. A dagger will rip your heart. In other words, because she was called of the Lord, her life wasn't so simple now. Because she was called of the Lord, 
she would be having a burden that nobody else is going to have. Later on, when Jesus Christ, grown up, confronted the Pharisees, he said to the Pharisees, you do the will of your father. Okay? He was implying you're, you're only involved in evil things and you're doing the will of your father. He was implying you're doing the will of your father, Satan. And the Pharisees, in a self-righteous response, says, our father, you're talking about our father? We know who our father is. How about you, Jesus? Do you know who your real father is? See, the news, that some people understood that when Joseph married Mary, Mary was already pregnant. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, there were talk. There were talks. There was a gossip going on. Oh, that is a, only a mercy marriage. She on, he only married her to give name to that child. That was the implication of the Pharisees. You're talking about our father. We know who our father is. How about you? Do you know who your father is? Because we know Joseph only married your mom because your mom was, was pregnant. You, you understand the gossip, okay, that was going on at that time. I mean, it made Mary's life complicated. What, what, what if the calling of God never came to her? What if the angel Gabriel chose another what if God chose another woman and the angel Gabriel went to another woman and never went to Mary? What would have happened to Mary? She would have married Joseph. They would have had children of their own. She would become a mother. She would become a loving wife to, to her husband. The children will grow. Uh, if she has uh, uh, women kids, girl kids, she would give them away in marriage. If, if she has God, they would marry others. They would raise up families of their own. Then they would have kids. Mary would become a grandma. Okay? She would rejoice in her children. She would just rejoice in her grandchildren. She would grow old. And, and because of the conditions of the day, she might not even grow as old as some of you. But she would die happy because she lived a fruitful life. She grew up, got married, had children, had grandchildren, grew old, and died. What more could you ask for, right? It would have been so uncomplicated. Mary, and, and, and Mary is not the type who's going to make waves somewhere. She's just going to live a quiet life. She's probably going to do good. She's going to offer a lot of prayers. But her life would be uncomplicated. It would be simple. Do you understand what I'm saying? But because the call of God came into our life, it's not going to be simple anymore. She's going to be su the subject of gossip. Okay? Some things will be called for her to do because of uh the child she was bearing. In the middle of the night, she would be awakened by Joseph and says, we've got to go to Egypt. What? It's the middle of the night. I know, but an angel came and said, we got to go because they're killing babies right now. 
she had to be displaced, uh, dislocated from the place where she was. She had to go to Egypt, a different culture. Okay? She had to make a home there. And we don't know exactly what kind of life she lived there because the Bible is silent concerning But she lived in Egypt for a while together with Joseph. What kind of life was that? And she did because it was the instruction of the angel given to Joseph in a dream. You understand what I'm saying? And then later on, she would see her son. Okay? Being tortured. Being mistreated would die on the cross. It's so it's so complicated in the beginning. For some people, they might complain, Lord, this is just too hard. Take this away from me. Okay? See, that's what happens when God calls you to do something. There are certain things that you have to do. You understand what I'm saying? When God called me to come here to Kalibo to pastor, it means not joining my family and Christmas is there anymore. It means not being able to go to certain places anymore. Okay? But in exchange, I get to teach you the word of God. For me, that's okay. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, what happens if you're called to do something? Well, if you're in the music ministry, in the song ministry, you get to practice. While some other people are having parties, you're practicing. Okay? While some people are preparing for certain things, we're preparing for something here. Sometimes it feels like a burden. But according to the angel of God that was given to Mary, he's saying to you, it's not a burden when he, he gives you something. Yes, your life might get busy. Yes, it might feel like a stressed out life. And yes, you've got to give up something else. But if God chooses you, you are highly favored. Okay? You're highly favored. I know that I'm going to become installed as a primary. As the primary, I've got to visit this, I've got to do that. I'm living a satisfied life here. And all I've got to do is visit some of the churches in Antigua, in Cebu, it's just here. But now if someone calls upon, you know, join me CC from China, I've got to meet him somewhere else. Or something happens there, I gotta go there. I'm doing a lot of travel. And sometimes it feels like a burden. But I have to remember what the angel said to Mary. Rejoice, highly favored one. See, favor is not just getting from God what you want. It's not just being blessed of God. Favor is being chosen by God to be able to bring the blessing to others also. See, even a little kid can say, Amen. You understand what I'm saying? And uh, that goes for you too, because that's what's going to happen here. Uh, favor of God is here. That's why people come in here. Okay? Now, from verse 30 to verse 33, are you learning something from this? Verse 30 to 33, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, 
and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest, and, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Tremendous. You will bear a son, and you're not going to name him Joseph, because normally you name the son after the father. You're going to name him Jesus. The name Jesus means God is salvation. Okay? And he's going to establish a kingdom here. And, and the thing that, that strikes Mary is this. Who, me? Who, me? Okay? In the Magnificat, well, it's part of the scriptures, Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my soul rejoices in God my Savior. Take note, it says, Oh, my soul is complaining against the Lord. Why did you give this burden to me? No, that's not what she said. But she said also, my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Why? He has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Who am I that I will bear the Son of God? Okay? See, you need to understand, God doesn't choose you because you're talented. God doesn't choose you because you're rich. God doesn't choose you because you're highly intellectual. God doesn't choose you simply because you're skillful. God doesn't choose you because you're mighty, you're strong, you're famous, you're smart, and everything. See, God is not limited. He can choose a someone or he can choose a no one. You understand what I'm saying? One day, uh, in the Old Testament, angel of the Lord came to Gideon and said to Gideon, Hey Gideon, the Lord's going to use you to deliver the nation of Israel. And Gideon says, What, me? Who, me? I am the smallest member of my family. My family is the least in my clan. And my clan is the least of all the tribes of Israel. In other words, I am a nobody. I am a no one. Okay? People don't listen to me. I can walk and people don't see me. They don't recognize me. I'm not famous. I'm not rich. I'm not this and I'm not that. I don't have their attention. You want a leader to lead the nation? Find someone who's influential. Find someone with great charisma. Find someone who can talk well. Find someone who can be bold and leading. I'm a no one. I'm a nobody. Why are you choosing me? See, God can choose the ordinaries of the world. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? Who is Mary compared to the other women there? Only God saw her. Okay? And she was living in Galilee of Nazareth. It's a nowhere place in a nowhere land. Why not choose someone from Jerusalem? Now that's a famous place. Okay? Why not choose someone with a name? Well, you see, you need to understand sometimes we judge or we evaluate based on our knowledge. I remember the day I was uh, consecrated as a bishop. There were people who were saying, are you going to move to Cebu? Why? Well, your, your, your church is going to be like, uh, if you're the bishop, then 
that will become the cathedral and Cebu, Cebu. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, what is Kalibo? It's only known as a stopping place for people who are going to Boracay. If you want to go to Boracay, you've got to stop Kalibo. Well, now they have an airport that they plan, so. And uh, it cannot be that Kalibo will have more esteem than Cebu. Because Cebu is this, and Kalibo is this. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you have to move your church to Cebu. I said, I will not move the church to Cebu. God called me here. Does God know I'm living in Kalibo? Yes. You understand what I'm saying, right? And now I've been made primate. I was appointed primate in Peter's council, and I got home, and I was very quiet about it. The bishop are ill. He told everyone. So now people were telling me, well, you've got to move to Manila now. You are now the Bishop of Manila. I said, who said I'm the Bishop of Manila? Well, Metro Manila. Calibo. You are private now. It cannot be that the Archdiocese will be in Calibo. When it used to be in Manila, Manila, I keep coming back to Manila. You understand what I'm saying? Hello? And think about it. How many people from Kalibo moved to Manila? Or to move to Cebu? Or move to the major cities? How many from the major cities who are doing good come to Kalibo? But God chose this simple church here in Kalibo. Understand what I'm saying? And yeah, it can get very stressful, but it is a blessing. Who is Kalibo compared to Cebu? Who is Kalibo compared to Manila? But God chooses the nobodies of the world and make them somebodies. Because the nobodies, they understand, I can't do this without God's help. They told me, why don't you move to Manila? There are more resources there. Especially now that we're going to have this uh, installation here. Some people ask my wife, do you have hotels in Kalibo? Yes, we do, but they're not five-star hotels and they're limited. I mean, you know, if they have it, 700 people come here and they ask us, after this, where are we going to eat? We don't know. In Manila, you can choose. More facilities, more resources, more space, right? And if we're going to choose, probably in our own natural thing, that's where we're going to choose, right? But God said it's going to be here. How stressful is that? God says you are highly favored. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? Nazareth, Galilee, Nazareth. Why there? Why not Jerusalem? God has his reasons. God knows the small ones understand they can't do it on their own. They can only do it by the help of God. And God is very willing. You understand what I'm saying? Mary says he has looked at the state of his lowly servant. Who am I 
but the Lord has chosen me, I receive. Amen? Let's go to the second thought. Trust in God's help. Verse 34 to uh, verse uh, 37. Okay, it says here, Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? She was confused. Uh, when, 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 uh, when the angel Gabriel said to Zechariah inside the temple, you're, you're going to bear a child. Can you prove to me when this will happen? He was asking for a sign because he doubted it. And that's the reason why the angel says, okay, you're not going to be able to talk until the sun takes place. Why didn't Mary, why wasn't Mary stricken dumb? Because she was confused. She was not doubting, but I'm not married yet. You understand what I'm saying? Zechariah was doubting. Mary was just confused. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? And then he says in verse, in verse 35, how can, and the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Wherever God calls you, He empowers you. Whatever God calls you to do, He empowers you. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, Mary's thinking, no, I'm a nobody in a no, nowhere place. How's this going to happen? It's going to happen by the power of God. You understand what I'm saying? So sometimes when we're doing what God is telling us to do, and God never tells us to do easy things. He tells us to do things that are impossible. Amen? And we are not supposed to look at our limited abilities. We are supposed to look at the power of God. Not at what we cannot do, but look at what God can do through us. For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Jesus Christ said it this way, If you can believe all things, are possible to him who dares to believe. You understand what I'm saying? Okay? So it will be done by the power of God because God's the one who does the choosing. He will not tell us to do something and not give us the power to do it. Amen? Verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be possible. This is the reason why I ask people to give testimonies. We know the testimony of some of the bishops. You know my testimony. But sometimes we think, well, that happens to them because their bishops, their priests are like that. That's why I ask for your testimonies to be printed. Because when you do that, you are creating the atmosphere for God to repeat the miracle he did for you in the lives of others. You, God wants people to think, well, if God did it for them, God can do it for me. You understand what I'm saying? Amen? He says, your relative Elizabeth, she's old. Okay? You know she can't bear a child. But let me tell you this, she's six months pregnant. So if you think it's impossible for, for God to give you a child, think about this. 
She's an old woman, past the age of childbearing, but God was able to give her the ability to conceive. You're young. Don't you think God can do that for you too, Mary? And he says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. When we are facing impossible tasks, look to God, not to your limitations. Amen? Verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed. In other words, God can give you the call. God can assure you of his support. God can give you his promises. God can tell you it's going to be done by the power of God. But you can still refuse. Okay, I know it can be done, but it's just too hard. Sorry, I'm not prepared to do something like this. Mary says, let it be to me according to your word. And salvation has taken place. Her yes meant favor for all of us. Because she said yes to God. She became a blessing to us. You understand what I'm saying? Through her, the Messiah was born. And because of the Messiah, we, from the outside looking in, are now on the inside partaking of the fruits of the Messiah. Amen? How are you today? The only way for you to do that is to say yes to God and to see it through and not quit. Amen? Favor is not just being blessed. Favor is being used of God so that you might be a blessing to others. Amen? Walk in God's favor. That's all stuff.